Recently, we met with Kevin Dealey, and we had so much wonderful information that we decided to invite you back for overtime, we're calling it. Thank you for joining us again today. We, we have some more details we'd like to uh, ferret out with you. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be back. Kevin, I, I have to admit, I'm a little confused personally about how financing of schools are impacted by charter schools. I know people say something about choice, and uh, could you help me understand that and our listeners? That's a great question, Denise. Uh, charter schools, they're a backdoor way to privatizing public education. Now, if you think of public education as a monopoly, where it is run by the state, but it is the fundamental thing that we can do to, to make sure our democracy is successful, right? Charter schools are ways of saying that this school is failing, so we're going to open up another school that is not accountable to the taxpayers because the taxpayers do not elect the board that runs the charter school. They are appointed. You can have a head of that charter school organization making six-figure salaries of taxpayer dollars that are they're not accountable. Um, there was a transformation, uh, they call it transformation, if the school is labeled failing for successive, successive years, the state can take it, take it over and convert it into a charter school that is unaccountable. But the state can do that. This, well, there's a state authorizer or the local. So uh, let's say, for instance, that uh, the East Penn School District, there's a charter school, there are charter schools that, okay. that operate in the East Penn School District. They may be good and they have a charter that says, what are they going to do to improve the educational outcomes? What are they doing different in, in education that they can establish a charter for, right? Then for every student that enrolls into that charter school, money is taken from the East Penn School District and diverted to the education of that child in that alternative So this school. directly comes out of our tax dollars. It directly comes out of your, Goes your tax to dollars. A Private entity. Well, it could be private. It could be public. Okay. We have public charter schools as well. So there is not a clear. Uh, you could take over a public school or say label a public school, traditional public school, as failing for not uh, meeting the set level for the PSSA tests or the Keystone exams or attendance, and you label this school as failing. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way because then parents would say, hey, you know, my school is failing. I'm going to move my kid to this charter school. The charter school, they have to take the test, but it doesn't matter. They're not going to close the charter school based off of those test scores. And oftentimes there are private interests in those charter schools that are not accountable to the taxpayer. So, so rather, is, in, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yes. It, so in other words, rather than ensuring we fix issues in the public schools, we're taking dollars away from the public schools. Absolutely. And it's compounded when you talk about special education needs. Special education is extremely expensive. It's much more expensive than general basic education funding. Mm -hmm. So if you take a special education student and you put them into a, let's say, cyber charter school, oh. where there is no overhead, you don't have the apparatus, the physical apparatus that you need for a traditional school but you get the same number of tax dollars that are being channeled to this cyber school where the rates, the truancy rates, and the attendance rates at these cyber schools are abysmal, yet they collect all this taxpayer dollars. But there's dollars just not the same accountability. There is not the same accountability. Huh. No, there is, wow. You can't go to a charter school board meeting and speak up against that. Uh, the, 
they take their money directly from the local school district that is sending their students. So we need, in Harrisburg, in other states, they need this as well, clear, separate funding for charter schools. Because this is a backdoor way to privatize our public education. And it always impacts the lower, uh, okay, the poorest among us. Yes. So Allentown yes. has quite a number of charter schools that are draining millions and millions of dollars from the Allentown budget. Allentown School District then needs to furlough teachers. Let them go because they can't afford to keep them any longer. And the students that are left in Allentown School District then are getting... They have fewer and fewer resources to spread around so that they can get the education that they need to get out of poverty and to change their status. So that actually, because earlier you spoke something about how there's a, an extreme difference in, I'll say, wealthier school districts. Yes. So this compounds the problem for lower, lower socioeconomic Absolutely. neighborhoods. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for explaining that. I'm, mm -hmm. I hate to be dense about it. but Not at all. There's another uh, thing that I read about recently is something called the Farm Bill and something about feeding children. I don't comprehend all that. Can you help me? Yes. Uh, well, every year uh, when when you're doing the budget for the federal level, mm -hmm. uh, there is there's food that is distributed to schools for free and reduced lunch programs in the Title I grant, et cetera. The funding for the free and reduced lunch program comes from the Farm Bill. It seems somewhat detached mm -hmm. from education, but that is where the funding is tied. Now, if they wanted to cut uh, the subsidies in the farm bill for free and reduced lunch, that's where they would do it, and that's what they're planning to do. So we need to make sure that we contact our Congress, congressman, uh, contact Congressman Dent, Congressman Cartwright, uh, whoever your congressman is, and make sure that they vote to uh, fully, fund, fully fund free and reduced lunch programs in the farm bill. Okay, because so we, we should add that to our call to action Absolutely. for the listeners. Contact their congressman and fully fund, ask that they demand that they fully fund the, the farm bill. Yes, the free and reduced lunch portion of the farm bill. Uh, we need to make sure because our kids, if they're coming into our schools hungry, they can't learn. The first thing that you need to do, if, if you're going to school on an empty stomach, how can you possibly understand that? All you're thinking about is your basic needs. You need food right? Mm -hmm. You need shelter. And if our kids are homeless and our kids are hungry, how can they learn? Okay. Right? So it is one of the basic things that we can do. And Allentown has 100% free and reduced lunch. Uh, Easton, I think at the high school, I think we have 70, 80% free and reduced lunch, wow. something like that. It's, it's, it depends on where you are, but it's needed. Some kids only come to school so they can eat. And then they're there. And they learn. Right. Now, speaking of learning, could you expand a bit upon how you see the needs for the curriculum for students overall? We talked a little bit about STEM or STEAM. Could you please expand on that? Well, one of the great things that we have in the United States, I, one of the things that we are really good at is developing creative thinkers, kids that can come out with some great ideas. The arts are central to that. So if you come to school and it's all it is every day, all day is drill on math, drill on science, drill on, that's great. But you also need to have room for play and creative expression. And I, I was saying about my, my five-year-old daughter loves to draw. She'll just put little bits of 
pieces of like uh, little drawings that she's done in class in her in, in her box for me to take home. Uh-huh. It's adorable, uh, but we got to recycle a lot of it. <laughs> um, but but yeah, the creative expression gives the joy to education. And when you see a kid who's learning to play a musical instrument, and the expression that they get, the joy that you can get out of having that success, the arts. I I I have a theater degree. I lived for getting up on stage after school and having the ability to to act in a play or in a musical. Mm-hmm. It's 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 something that that brings kids to school and and gives them a creative outlet outlet that is really beneficial for the rest of their lives. One other outlet question I have cuz I actually heard that some schools stopped having recess. <laughs> yes. Okay, is that real? Uh they've been cutting back on recess. A lot. It's, so the physical activity component, because we have physical health issues with kids who aren't active, and that I don't know how they behave if they don't get to run around, because I have a hard time sitting still. So let's think about kids. How, what goes on in the schools related to that? Well, let's say uh, you have a reading block, because the tests are of paramount importance. That's sarcasm. Okay. Um, but to the school districts, the tests mean a lot. Right, so if you do not, uh, you might have a reading block of 185 minutes in an elementary school, okay. where they have to be focused on reading, okay. and they can't skip that, so they cut out the recess, cut it down to maybe 15 minutes instead of a half an hour. It also leaves a teacher without a break to to reorganize themselves and get themselves ready for the next lessons that are coming down. So, because these tests are so important to the funding and the everything apparently to, to our legislators they're cutting out recess for our kids so i think maybe sometime we can we have an opportunity to speak to you again and understand more thank you so much kevin thank for giving you for us those me. details it's much much appreciated it's been my pleasure thank you